0: you All, thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Worlds of Country podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, I'm joined by Maggie Bogg to talk all about her musical journey, her two singles that are out now, which have done incredibly well. But you should definitely go check out wherever you listen to music. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I really did talk to you guys on the other side. Hey, Maggie, how are you?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm uh, doing good. What have you been up to lately?
1: Uh just trying to stay out of trouble, make music, you know, living the life. How are you? What have you been up to?
0: Not that much, not that much. So when did you know that music was the thing for you?
1: So I actually started playing violin when I was six years old. Um, I watched the show called Little Einsteins. Um on Disney Channel. I asked for a violin when I was two, and my parents thought I was nuts. So I asked against when I was six. And my preschool was actually giving violin lessons. So uh they let me go and um I went all the way through middle school performing and playing uh, classical instruments. And then I started getting bullied at school and decided, you know, I could really use music and lyrics as an outlet to um, really have that be what I was going through. And so, you know, like I started playing guitar when I was 11 and I've just become an artist ever since. And I've been in Nashville since I was 18. So about four years ago in May.
0: <clears throat> so... <clears throat> What would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned along that journey for you?
1: I would say to be patient. You know, um, when I was six or when I was 11, I first started it, you know, I really wanted to be rock star overnight. And I know that like that doesn't happen. But I also really enjoy the journey and I enjoy everything that I've had happen to me along the way between putting out records since I was 13 of playing all the small fairs and festivals to playing on some of the biggest stage across the country and now putting out a single with a million streams. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, but enjoy the journey because the climb, it will come.
0: Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> did you always have the confidence to go for this and put out your own music and show no. what you have to say?
1: <laughs> Actually I had stage fright when I was younger. So, you know, like when you're supposed to like, you get awards at the end of the year for like straight A's or like most attendance or just say it was elementary school stuff, you know. So at the end of the year, they allow you to get awards and like they have this like award ceremony for the kids. And so I actually would never go up to receive my award because I had stage fright. So it's really interesting, like how the tables have turned now.
0: <laughs> so how did you sort of get over that and get was, to where you are oh, now?
1: I think I was just so young. Like, I don't remember.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's sounds- So how do you play a whole bunch of instruments now? So how many is the exact count?
1: I don't know. You don't Um, know? (laughs) All of them? (laughs) All of them. Um, No, I play a bunch of instruments like here and there on stage. I probably play like four on stage, but I also play like, like I'm doing my own demos and like recording my own tracks. So I I use guitar... I play guitar and electric guitar on stage, but like I've been using like banjo and pedal steel and bass and stuff like in my tracks, but I really wouldn't call myself a banjo player. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) I could play it to get by.
0: Yeah, but you're not going to go and say that you're a banjo player.
1: No, but I can play banjo on a track if we wanted to do it.
0: (laughs) So would you say when it comes to music that your first love was songwriting or was it performing for you?
1: I would say it was music because, you know, I started playing violin first. So it was the love of music and like the love of like reading music and like being an orchestra. So it was the love of classical music first. Then it became the love of performing, the love of entertaining. And then most recently became the love of songwriting.
0: So did you ever think that you would pursue the classical music path or what drew you out of that?
1: It's funny because I always thought that I was going to be like ever since I was in ever since I started, I was in classical music. You know, I was in orchestras, summer camps. I wanted to go to Juilliard so bad. I I went to Carnegie Hall and got to perform with an orchestra. So I actually really just wanted that to be my path. And I guess what drew me out of it was when I started experimenting with country music and kind of writing my songs down and making music and writing lyrics. um, I started becoming creatively inclined musically. Um, Like I would add I'd add notes and little riffs to my playing tests in classical music, and I started failing my classes because if I don't play exactly what's on the paper, I am I get an F. So I guess it was that turning point <laughs> when I started getting failed for being creative.
0: No no more of this. No more of that. <laughs> so what drew you into country music specifically?
1: My dad is from West Texas, so it was kind of always around the house. <clears throat> And I just love the way that country music tells a story, and so I mean, and it's the only genre of fiddle. So,
0: <laughs> so um, at what point did you know that Nashville was the the place for you?
1: Um, I would say when I first started coming here, when I was 13 years old, I just love that this town is just so engulfed and just so involved, and just loves music, and it's just so wonderful. So, I would say that's when I knew is that like just being around music 24 seven could be my life. I think that's that's when I was like. Okay, this is it. Like, move me tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Do you feel that getting involved so young has helped you sort of navigate some of the, the potential pitfalls of the industry?
1: I really think so because things that I've already experienced at 16 and 17 years old, a lot of women and a lot of people and a lot of artists are experiment are experiencing it now or 20 years down the line. And I'm just very grateful that I got to experience that so young because it just shaped me into being like, oh, an older soul. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, what oh, would you say? Oh, I saw that <laughs> all of a sudden there's a flicker. Then...
1: Yeah, my ring light yeah. died. My $20 TJ Maxx ring light is now
0: over. <laughs> Just get a new one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a new one. Okay. I thought I had a little bit more uh weeks on on its life, but I guess not.
0: <clears throat> no, he's a side. he had different ideas.
1: He's like, I'm dying right now, I'll go buy it tomorrow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So what would you say have been some of those challenges that you've navigated?
1: Um, I think it's just the way of, like, you read a contract and the way that, like, people approach you, and I would say that it's the way that you approach music and the way that you've, like, released songs. You know, I've been releasing music since I was 13, and so every single project I say, like, I've learned a lot from, and so, I mean, I don't do math very well. That's nine years of recording music and putting it out, so... (laughs)
0: So do you feel like now you found that group of people that you could trust with your career and with your music? And how important is that to have?
1: Absolutely. You know, being an independent artist, I know that the word independent means, sorry, I have this alarm that keeps going off. Um, I know that being (laughs) independent means... um, kind of being by yourself doing it all on your own but I truly believe that I'm like such a team player um but it's really finding the people around you that will work for you and work harder than yourself and I know like being an artist like we work so hard night and day but if you don't have a team that works equally or even harder than you then like it's not worth it and so I guess one thing I'm really grateful for is my team my group of gals around me I'm just I am so grateful for what I've been able to learn and do on my own but it's just there's nothing like having a great team around you
0: so um, as you've been in the industry, do you feel that it's changed a lot or not so not so much over your years? I think
1: so, industry? too. You know, um, I think it has just because of being like a bluegrass fiddle player and just kind of like loving that world and then just seeing how country music has grown and just like where it's headed. Um, I definitely think it's changed. I don't know if it's changed for worse or changed for the better, but I think that we're all changing as humans for better or for worse. So.
0: Everything changes over time. We can't really, yeah. can't really stop that. <laughs> so, um, how would you describe your your musical style for people that haven't heard your music before?
1: Uh, on stage, I would say that I am a performer, an entertainer. Some people like to call me a firecracker or a jelly bean running around stage. But I guess on Spotify, I guess I could be told as a storyteller.
0: That makes sense. How do you sort of merge those two things?
1: I guess it has to do with the energy um, that you bring. Like it's really hard to bring energy into a song unless it's like a super upbeat song. So, Um, but you can do it musically. And so I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I played the acoustic track on think about me and you know, that starts. So there's a lot of me in there. And I think that's really what resonated with a lot of people. Um, But I'm still trying to figure out how to merge two together. So once I figure that out, I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) So um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your um, your latest single, Drinking to the Broken Hearts. Can you um, tell us the story behind that song and how that song came together?
1: Yeah. So I wrote that song back in 2019 with a good friend of mine, Barrett Baber. If you don't know him, he's a fantastic artist and a songwriter. Um, he's written hits for Cody Johnson. He's an absolute well-rounded human. I love him. Um, But we got together for a write, and I was like, you know, I really want to write a a song about both the male and female perspective about what happens after a breakup. And, you know, drinking is such like a social activity. It doesn't matter where you go or what you're going through. Like if you're drinking somebody, you have something in common and you're never alone. So I really wanted to kind of portray that and kind of just show the positive sides of drinking, I guess, like more of a way where it's like it's a metaphor, just being like no matter what you're going through, like there are people of all sizes, of all color, of all ages going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And so I guess that's what I wanted to portray with the song.
0: Yeah, I kind of like how you dealt with both sides of the story, because usually in those breakup songs, you only hear just one side and you you want both. Yeah. Thank you. So um, was that one that you always knew you wanted to cut or did you let that one marinate a while before you're like, oh, I really want to release this one?
1: I always knew that I wanted to release it, but it was one of those things where it was like, I just never felt like the right timing. Of course, I did turn 21 last year. So it was like, I can't really release a song about drinking before, when I'm 19. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was a really great follow up single to think about me. And so I, I could never ask for a better time to release it.
0: Now that you mentioned Think About Me maybe let's talk about that one a little too if you could tell us the story behind that one.
1: So Think About Me actually I wouldn't say that there was a story behind it I think it was like a lot of people think it was about a breakup you know do you still think about me but I think for me when I was writing it it was more of the loss of like music and the loss of like touring because I wrote it right when COVID hit so it was kind of one of those things it was like I I wrote a breakup song but I was it was music breaking up with me because I wasn't allowed to tour or do anything anymore. And so um, I just knew that it was a really, really special song from the moment I wrote it. I wrote it with Alejandro Medina. Um, He used to play bass for Riley Green, but he's actually a really fantastic artist and videographer and creative himself. So he's great. And um, it's really interesting because Think About Me came out of uh, came out a breakup song, but it really wasn't really wasn't intended to be that. And so it's really cool kind of how that song like lifted and grew wings.
0: So how difficult was it for you to sort of shut everything off when it
1: was really hard? It was really hard. You know, I've always been the kind of person that would like practice for shows, practice for whatever they're doing. Like I was always my whole life wrapped around the next show and the next performance. And like I was always writing music to be on stage. I was never writing music to be by myself or practice because I wanted to. And so that was a, a really great, painful, hard lesson that I had to learn. But I'm very grateful that I did.
0: Was it difficult for you to embrace something like TikTok or did you jump right in on that?
1: Honestly, I think I was a little late to the TikTok game. I, um... I'm such an entertainer. Like I'm such a people person that like, I love FaceTiming. I love calling them. And I know that it's funny because that is what TikTok is, but I'm just such a people person like that. I think I, I resonate a lot better on stage. And I think what people are finding that people can hide behind a phone. People can act like somebody for 10 seconds on a screen, but the second you put them in front of somebody, that's when they actually shine through. And I think I shine, yeah. I think I shine way more in front of people and being with people and being in the vicinity of somebody mm-hmm. rather than just hiding on a screen.
0: Yeah. It's very hard to showcase your full personality in just a, yeah. a few seconds. And the person doesn't mm-hmm. even really see you. So they don't know that could be yeah. your hundredth take of that video and
1: yeah, but now I've kind of embraced it and I've kind of wanted to showcase my my more of a musician side of who I am. So now I actually have this uh, lick series called "Finish the Lick" on TikTok, which is so exciting because my first video just hit like half a million views, which is so exciting. Um, yeah. so I've kind of learned to love that app and kind of learned to appreciate the fan base that it has and like the ability it has to change somebody's life. And so, if go check it out, it's called "Finish the Lick." Um, mine's candle it's just maggie ball and go check it out so yeah
0: so like when you see numbers like that like five hundred thousand views or a million streams on your songs what goes through your head when you see those kind of crazy numbers
1: it's always the ones that are so unexpected and hit that many streams like think about me was just something i wrote for myself it was like a it was like a it was like um it was one of those songs that like I knew was really special, but it was special to me. And I didn't care if it was special to anybody else. Does that make sense? Like I didn't do it yeah. for anybody. Like I did it for myself. And so I think it's fun how like things that you actually want to do well, don't do well, but the ones that are like the gems, like the hidden things like that, those are the ones that actually do well.
0: Yeah. The the world will find what it likes and, and bring them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're writing songs, do you feel that you lean more on the vulnerable sides of side of things?
1: I would say I do now. I wasn't always like that because the vulnerable songs don't really do well during a live performance. So, but now after living through like the COVID situation and growing up a little bit, I definitely say that I'm more into vulnerable songs now.
0: So how big of an adjustment was that for you?
1: I don't think it was a huge adjustment. I think it was one of those things that I just had to get used to personally, but I really liked the fact that my fans were willing to grow with me. Like we never really had that thing where it's like, Oh my God, is putting out a slow song. Like, it wasn't one of those. It was kind of like my fans kind of grew with me and um, it was it was kind of like, wow, like this is different, but it's different in a good way.
0: It was almost scary, you know, giving people not what they're used to and going in this new direction.
1: It was. It was super scary, like giving people what not what they're used to. But at the same time, I think that, that's the best part is when artists like do something that you're not expecting, because yeah. if you were expecting it, it's not as impressive.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And it kind of it keeps things interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to hear the same thing over and over and over again, you know, no. So, um, what's next for you?
1: Uh, well, I'm not allowed to announce it yet, but there's definitely new music coming this year. Um, I have a show every month at third and Lindsley called Maggie bond friends. It's a once a month residency show uh, where I bring a full band and a bunch of artists to come and get showcased. And the next show is March 16th at seven thirty, which is actually my birthday. So come and party with me. Um, the next one's April 20th. So it's going to be really fun. You should try and come out to it.
0: <clears throat> Thank you so much again for taking the time for this.
1: Absolutely. Of
0: course the ring light was the casualty tonight. <laughs>
1: man i gotta go buy another one
0: (laughs) it had to remind you
1: (laughs) it did it was like you gotta spend a little bit more than 20 bucks you want me to stay on yeah
0: well have have a great night you too hey y'all thank you guys so 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 much again for tuning in hope you liked what you heard if you liked what you heard from maggie be sure to go check her out on all social media and Check out her music wherever you listen to music. If you like to heard from the podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And go follow us on social media at Worlds of Country on all platforms. That's at Worlds of Country. Thank you guys so, so much again. Really, really, really appreciate it.